uh, we thank you. We thank you that you are holy, that you are worthy to be praised. And right now, I just pray that your name will be glorified right here and now in our presence, that you will, through your Holy Spirit, open our hearts, open our minds to what you want us to hear and see through your word that you have gave us so graciously. Once again, we, we thank you so much for all the many blessings you've given us. And uh, we are amazed by how much you love us. We ask that you lead us and guide us this morning. In your name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. If you have your Bibles, if you could turn to Romans. Once again, we are, we are going to be in Romans um, we're going to be picking it up where we left off last week, Romans chapter 15. We're getting, getting rather close to the end of Romans here. We've been uh, trucking through this in the last year, and uh, it's been a good year. It's been good to uh, see what Paul has to share uh, with the church in Rome, and it, it has a lot of applications for us in today. Um, and, and this, this uh, piece of scripture... Uh, has that also for us. So uh, let me read. Uh, we're going to start in chapter 15, starting in 17, all the way through the end of the chapter. Um, so let's, let's read this together. In Christ Jesus, then I have reason to be proud of my work for God. For I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience by word and deed. By the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and all the way from the, around to Ilicum, and I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ. And thus, I, have, I make it my ambition to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation. As written, those who have, been, those who have never been told of him will see and those who have never heard of him will understand. This is the reason why I have so often been hindered from coming to you. But now, since I no longer have any room for work in these regions, and since I have longed for many years to come to you, I hope to see you in passing as I go to Spain, and I hoped on my journey there by you. Once I have enjoyed your company for a while. At present, however, I am going to Jerusalem, bringing aid to the saints, for Macedonia and Achaia have been pleased to make a contribution for the poor among the saints of Jerusalem. For they were pleased to do it, and indeed they owe it to them. For if the Gentiles have come to share in their spiritual blessings, they ought to also be in service to them in material blessing. When therefore I have completed this and have delivered to them what has been collected, I will leave for Spain by the way of you. I know that when I come to you, I will come in fullness of the blessing of Christ. I appeal to you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit to strive together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf that I may be delivered from the unbelievers in Judea and that my service for Jerusalem may be accepted to the saints so that by God's will I may come to you with joy and be refreshed in your company. May the God of peace be with you all. Amen. Let's pray one more time. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you have given this to us as a gift, as a, uh, uh, a part of you to us. And we are thankful for that. 
I do pray right now that you will open our hearts, open our minds to what you want us to hear and see through your Holy Spirit. In your name I pray. Amen. So in Romans, up to this point, we've, we've seen a lot of heavenly, heavily doctrine issues. Uh, we've seen Paul really hammer out some really hardcore doctrine. Um, we've also seen him hammer out some uh, instructional things, some very practical things. Um, this section of Romans is not either one of these. Not that you couldn't pull some doctrine out, not that you couldn't pull some instruction out of this, but um, neither of those are really hammered in this, in this section that we, I just read. But what it does, what it does is it reveals a little bit about Paul and his personal um, uh, part uh, of, of what God has, has compelled him to do. It talks about Paul's calling, um, and it's very personal. It, it, it actually talks about some of the plans that he has and, and some of the passions that he has. Um, you know, and, and, and one thing that is about Paul is that he's a very driven person. We've seen this even before his conversion, that he was driven to um, go persecute the believers. And, and, and it's part of Paul's personality is that he's, he's very driven. And, um, but, but I believe once the Holy Spirit had gotten a hold of him and once he got saved, um, he was even more, more that way. And uh, going forward with, with the work of God, what God has called him to, the passion that he has. And, you know, Paul's mind is it's whatever it takes. It's a blank check. He, he throws out his, his life as a blank check to God. And he, he basically signs it and says, God, you do whatever you want with my life. And there's boldness in that because it's God doing this, not necessarily him. And he's bold, yet he's very dependent on God at the same time. And that makes for a very non-cocky person, if you will. He's not cocky in, in his attitude. His attitude is one being dependent on God, at the same time being driven for whatever God wants him to do. And honestly, as, as I was reading this, as I was praying through this this week, this really needs to be our mindset as believers. That no matter what, my life is a blank check for God. That I'm willing to do whatever God wants me to do. A missionary mindset, if you will. And I think it's, it's, it's a great example to us, and it's an example that we need to examine in this scripture. And I, I, really, I really think that it's something we can, we can glean from into our own lives. So, you know, what makes us tick? Why do we do what we do? Do we go to work strictly for a paycheck? Or do we believe, do we believe that God has us at that place of work for his mission? To share Jesus with those people, our coworkers. Do we think that we just happened to be born in this, this area or maybe you moved into this area? It is just, just happened to be that I'm in the neighborhood that I'm in right now just because, eh? Or do I truly believe that God has placed me here in this time, in this place, in this community 
for a deeper reason. I, I believe he has every single person here in this place and time for wherever you're at, at work, in your neighborhood, wherever, maybe even in your family, for a reason. And it goes deeper than what we, we honestly think about as we go day to day in this world. God has us for a very specific reason. If you will, everywhere we go, honestly, is a mission field. Even Walmart. Especially this time of year. So this brings me to point number one. We all have a calling. We all have a ministry. Did you know that? If you are in Jesus Christ, if you have put your faith in Jesus, if you know him as your personal Savior and Lord, he has called you to something. He has called you to a ministry. Matthew uh, chapter 28, the Great Commission. In the end of Matthew, um, Jesus gathers with his uh, disciples. And uh, if you are a believer in Jesus, you are a disciple of Jesus. You are a follower of Jesus. And this is directed towards us as well. Starting in uh, verse 18 of, of chapter 28 of Matthew. And Jesus came in and said to them, All authority and in on, in heaven and on earth have been given to you, given to me, sorry. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Second Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, this ministry, by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. This is, this is Paul talking about we have a ministry from God by his mercy. Uh, he, he, he explains on that a little bit further in the chapter, or in, in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting in verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. God is using us to show the world that he has come and saved us, and he wants to save them. This is huge. This is huge. This is what we are. We, we are vessels of reconciliation. We carry Jesus around with us everywhere we go. This is our ministry. One more. Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 2. 
verse 8 through 10. One of, this is one of my favorite sections of Scripture. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. There's our ministry. Which God prepared in advance that we should walk in them. This is, this is huge, guys. If we don't realize this, that God is calling us to a ministry, to a calling. We have a calling. Um, we're we're going to be disconnected a little bit from what God wants us to do in this world. But something even more important than this, and we have to take notice, is our calling comes from Jesus himself. My, my calling is important, and it's good, but it's not more important than the person who calls me to do this. That's Jesus. Does that make sense? And so we have to get this order in our minds straightened out. My identity needs to be rooted in Jesus Christ, the one who calls me. My my identity cannot be rooted in the mission or the ministry or the calling that God has called me to. And once again, the calling is good. And sometimes I don't even think we as believers understand that Jesus has called us to a calling. That we are to share with the world what Jesus has done for me. And that's, that's as simple as we can get with the, with the calling. That, that's what God is calling us to do. But it's, it's, in reality, it's Christ working through me. That's exactly what Ephesians says. But my identity needs to be rooted in Christ. My purpose should never bring me identity. Does that make sense? Let me, let me expound on that a little bit more. As a believer in Jesus, and I, I've grown up in church a lot uh, for a long time. Ever since I can remember, my mom and dad have taken me to church. And a lot of times I hear church in church land talk about how you need to do stuff for God. How you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this. And they're not completely wrong. However, a lot of our, even our salvation gets wrapped up into me doing stuff for God. That's absolutely false. The gospel never says that I am supposed to do something for God to get to God. Does that make sense? Let me, let me freeze that again. My salvation is not dependent on me doing something for God to get to God. However, out of my salvation, good works will happen. Where are those good works coming from? They're coming from Jesus, the Holy Spirit, because he has come into my life. He's changed my heart. Just as Ephesians chapter 2, what I talked about in there was that it, I'm not saved by my works. However, as after I am saved, Christ comes in and he does good works through me, which he had prepared in advance for me. 
And we even see this in, in Romans, as Paul talks about this. Starting off in 17, in Christ Jesus then, I have reason to be proud of my work for God. Is it his work though? If you keep reading, for I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience. So right there, Paul is saying, look, I, it's really not me doing this. It's Jesus working through me. And so in reality, my calling is not me doing something for God. He may call us to do something, but it is actually not me doing it for him. It is actually me letting go of this perceived control that I think I have and allowing God to work through me. There's a huge difference there. And hopefully, hopefully we can get that. Hopefully I was able to explain that. The ministry is in reality an overflow of Christ coming into my life, changing my life, and impacting the world around me. That in reality is what our ministry, that God has called us to do. And honestly, there, we cannot mix this up. We cannot mix our identity in Christ up with our identity doing something for Christ. If we, are, if we think our identity as a Christian is doing something for God, once again, we do not understand the gospel. The gospel says that we come poor, wretched, beggars, nothing to offer God at all. God absolutely doesn't need us to accomplish his mission, yet he chooses to use us to accomplish his mission, which sometimes makes me scratch my head. Why would he want to use a schmuck like me? But the reality is he wants to because of his love for us. So it is so vitally important to understand that my identity does not come from the mission, but from Christ himself. And our calling that, that Christ has called us to do, to share him with others around us, needs to be dependent totally on Jesus. Christ working through us. And what one of the th- a couple of things it does with that is it takes the pressure off us. The pressure is no longer on me to perform for God. Really, the pressure is on him, and he can definitely handle that. It allows me to be bold because it's really not about me. I'm being bold in Jesus. And I, I, I would dare say, and we see this, where Paul makes plans. It gives us the ability to make open-handed plans. And I don't believe that any time that Paul, Paul's plans were written in stone where he was not, a, not uh, willing to change his plans as things went on. We, we saw in the New Testament 
Um, I can't quite remember exactly where it's at, but Paul says, I wanted to go to Asia Minor more than once, and the Holy Spirit stopped me from doing that. So it, it's, it's good to make plans. And in fact, I would, I would encourage each and every one of us to think through, how am I going to share Jesus with those around me? What's it look like? But at the same time, not be holding those plans up so high that I can't change them if God decides to change them. Even in my own life, um, a lot of you guys know, but I, I was at the nursing home as a chaplain for four or five years. Um, through circumstances that I could not control, I'm no longer there. Even though, at times, I really miss being there. I miss the residents. I miss the staff. God, through his perfect plans, has led me to be at the church full-time. And in this season right now, I know this is exactly where I need to be. This is exactly where God wants me to be. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that as well. And so, even though we may, may have these ideas and these plans, we have to allow God to work out his plans. And I, I do believe if we're depending, being dependent totally on him, that when these plans change, we're going to be okay with it. Point number two, these ministries are ministries that God has called us to may look different. If we look at Paul, and he had some very specific things he said. He, he was like, okay, I want to be here, but um, partly due to my ministry. And, and what, is, what is his ministry? Well, if we look up in, in, in verse 16, um, he's a ministry, a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles, is how he says it. And that was, at, at that point in time, is his focus was on the Gentiles, to share Jesus with those that had no clue anything about God at all. And so, Paul's focus, his ministry, is to the Gentiles. There are other people called to different ministries, if you will. Now, the mission is all the same. That is to share Jesus with everyone we know. But we have, we have seen, <clears throat> even in Romans here, where uh, God has given us different gifts. Different gifts. And, and a lot of times, out of those different gifts come different passions. Um, it may even lead you into different directions. And, and, and that's okay. So your mission, your, your ministry, if you will, may not exactly look the same as somebody else. Maybe you're, you're at whatever job you are at. You have more influence at that job than possibly even me standing up here doing a sermon. Because you know them. You work with them on a daily basis. You know them personally. And so, each and every one of us may look a little different as far as 
who we're working with. Um, you know, Paul, Paul ha- Paul's ministry was to the Gentiles. What is, what is, <laughs> what is your Gentile? What is your passion? You know, like I said earlier, I, I, I still have a heart for the, for the, uh, the nursing home. I, I really do. I feel like God has given me that heart. Maybe someday God's going to take me back there um, to do ministry on, in, a, in a more regular basis. But what has God laid on your heart? What is the Gentiles that he has laid on your heart that you, you want to focus on? And maybe that's within the church, helping disciple people, helping uh, walk with people in the church. Maybe, maybe you look out, and I have done this in the past, one of the things that have driven me is looking in the, in, even in the town of Millsburg. How many people don't know Jesus just in the town of Millsburg alone? Maybe they have never even heard the gospel before. We, we a lot of times assume, since we are in a very church society, a church um, neighbor, neighborhood, church county, that we just assume that everybody has heard the gospel, that everybody has heard the true news of Jesus, that, that um, we just kind of assume that, that people just kind of know who Jesus is and what he's done. Not everybody knows the true story of the gospel, even in this area. And I can attest to that because I have shared the gospel with people that have lived in this, in this, in this area their entire life. And have, yeah, yeah, you know, Jesus tells me I'm supposed to be a good person, that's it. No. That's not it. That's not the gospel. And so don't assume that your neighbors, that your coworkers, your, even some of your family members don't know or do know the gospel. So, in this though, each one of our ministries may look different. Once again, God has given us different giftings for different reasons. Out of that giftings, we have different passions. So, maybe your, your passion will be for a certain certain um, clientele, a certain um, uh, uh, you know, person, if you will. Um, out of that, I believe that he will give us different directions in our ministries as well. And then, also, different seasons. I believe that my season at the nursing home, for the time being at least, is over, and being at the church is, is here and now. What season are you in? Um, one of the things I was thinking about this week is um, I, I've heard moms, especially with, with little ones, say, oh, I, I, I just really want to get out and I want to share the gospel with my neighbor here. I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to I start this ministry here and, and, and do this. Honestly, moms and, and dads, but your ministry is your children right now. That's the season you're in. God has given you that child for a season until they become an adult. That's, that, that's a great ministry. Once again, I think, 
a lot of times we think of ministries as like this occupational ministry or a, um, uh, you know, I have to go out and be a, um, a, a Billy Graham or something. That in itself is a great ministry, but do not discount what God is calling you to do in the here and now with your life. And so that now, this is the slippery slope, though. Um, we have to be careful. Because just as we have different ministries and we have different passions, we do not want those passions to become something they're not supposed to be. Number one, an idol. I've seen a lot of people in ministry actually put the ministry almost higher than God at times. We have to make sure that we're not, we are not um, doing that with our lives. Our ministries, once again, is something, a calling out of what God has called us to do. And it really is about him, not about me. The other, the other thing I see with the different ministries at times is you're so passionate for it that you, you start saying, well, why isn't everybody doing it? Why isn't everybody else doing why isn't everybody else going to the nursing home with me? Well, it's okay. Not everybody in the ch whole church has to go to the nursing home with you. I'm using that as an example because it's my own life. But honestly, um, that is something that we can go down a road pretty quick if we're not careful. We have to realize that we do need each other. We need each other in the church to help each other have the ministry that God has called us to do. Um, and so point number three, our ministry is not an island. Our ministry is not an island. We really need each other. Um, if, if you look at um, how Paul breaks this down in chapter 15, um, just in, in verse 25, at present, however, I'm going to Jerusalem to bring aid to the saints. So right there, he's talking about how he's going to Jerusalem and he's actually going to be bringing aid, some things that they need. Um, it it looks like it's a physical um, uh, you know, blessing, an it, offering that he's, he's taking up. He's taking over to the, um, the saints there, to the church there. 27, uh, verse 27. For they were pleased to do it, and indeed they owe it to them, for the Gentiles have come to share in their spiritual blessings, and they also... Um, to be in a service of, to them in their material blessings. So we see that um, they're interchanging their spiritual blessings and material blessings. That there's something there. there there's, God is working that out for this mutual aid with each other. Uh, 29. I know that when I come to you, I will come in the fullness of the blessing of Christ. The blessing of Christ. There's something about when more than uh, a couple, more than two gather in the name of Jesus that we are actually bringing Christ in the midst of us. And there, there's something about that. Um, verse 30, I appeal to you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit to strive together, together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf. There's something that happens when um, we come corporately to pray. Yes, we can pray 
privately, and we should, but there is something about coming together as believers, gathering together, linking arms, linking shields, if you will, to pray together. And then thir- verse 32, so that by God's will I, have, I may come to you with joy and be refreshed in your company. Joy and refreshing. There's something about coming together with believers and being able to uh, be refreshed in the Lord. The God actually uses each other to refresh each other, to um, bring encouragement into my life. I would absolutely not want to do um, any type of ministry without my brothers in Christ, my sisters in Christ, helping me along, encouraging me, or encouraging me and actually ministering to me. That is one of the big things, one of the big benefits we get out of the church is that we minister to each other. God has definitely set it up and designed this. And this is what the church, one of the many things that the church is called to do is to uh, be together. Our ministries work together. And honestly, I, I believe that the min, the, one of the things that the church can do is equip and empower people to go out and to do the ministries that Christ has called them to do. And it really is for the sake of bringing Christ to all those around us. Um, Nate, you're more than welcome to come on up. It is really about disciples, making disciples. That, that's really one of the, the key things that the church does. And when I say disciples, followers of Jesus making followers of Jesus who makes followers of Jesus who makes followers of Jesus. It is part of the church's job to help equip, empower, enable, and network these ministries that God has called us to do in our lives. So I just have a few questions for you guys. Um, first and foremost, do you realize? Do you realize that you have a ministry? Maybe you've never really thought about it before. Maybe you've just thought, well, it's just it's just for the the pastor or the elders or you know somebody that's that's on the worship team or uh, someone that leads Bible studies or you go on with the list, right? Do you realize? If you are a believer in Jesus, if you have put your trust in Jesus, if you follow Jesus, that you have a ministry. Second question is, who are your Gentiles? Who has God called you to minister to? What is your burden? Who is your burden for? And then third question is, how can we help? How can we help? How, how, as a church, can we help you with that? Maybe, maybe it's, Matt, I didn't realize that I even have a ministry. And we need to talk about that. Maybe 
Maybe you have, you've had a burden for a long time to do something. To uh, Maybe God has, has placed something on your heart. But you're not sure how to do that. I would really encourage you. you know, I, I believe this is one of the things that the church is supposed to do. Is to encourage and equip and empower those of us that have a calling. That, that have a burden and maybe if you don't have a burden that, that it'll place a burden on you to share Jesus and so it's my encouragement before you leave today think about that and if there's something that we as a church can do whatever that may be maybe just praying with you. Maybe it's sitting down and, and talking over a cup of coffee to this is what I would like to see or do. This is what God has laid on my heart. I would love to be able to sit down with you, but I know anybody in the church would too. But it's my encouragement to think through those things. What has God called you to do? Well, with that, let's pray. Father God, we just thank you so much for your blessing of you. And uh, right now, we just ask that you lead us and guide us um, in this world. Um, You have placed us specifically in this time and place to do amazing things through the power of you in this world. And uh, right now, we just just ask that you um, reveal to us what you have us here for, that you reveal to us your ministry through us. Um, We just thank you that you want to use us and utilize us. We thank you that you um, you, you're just who you are. And um, once again, we thank you. In your name I pray. Amen.